Throughout history, the flame has been one of the most used and understood symbols of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to light this candle today and ask that, Lord Jesus, would you send your spirit to be wherever the sound of my voice is being heard. Send your spirit to those people, into those places, and into this place right now, that you might speak to us so that you can speak through us. Thank you. Amen. Hey, this week is Pentecost, and that is the celebration or the commemoration of the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles and other followers of Jesus while they were celebrating in Jerusalem. It's celebrated about 49 days after the resurrection, and that is also then marked as the date of the birth of the church. So that's kind of cool, right? It's a pretty big deal because the Holy Spirit of Jesus has radically redefined the relationship between God and humanity, different from what it was with the Old Covenant and now in the New Covenant. Over and over and over again, the different authors of the Bible mention the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God is mentioned over 800 times in Scripture. So right away, in the second verse of the very first book of the Bible, at the very onset of the creation story, the Spirit of God is mentioned. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And today we are going to have so much fun with words. Are you excited? Come on, I know you are. This word that's translated as spirit in the Old Testament is the word ruach, and it means wind or a breath, but not a normal breath. It means more of a, uh, a violent exhalation, a blast of breath, because the Holy Spirit comes with power. The New Testament Greek word that's translated as spirit is the word pneuma. It means a wind, uh, a current of air, a blast of breath, power again. And in Old Testament times, the Spirit of God would descend on special people and then would often depart. And you can read about that with the Spirit of God um, with Saul and, and, then, and then left Saul. And then the same thing with David. When David sinned against God with Bathsheba, he cried out to God, please don't take your spirit from me. And in the New Testament, though, once Jesus ascended back to the Father, he sent his Holy Spirit. For those who are, in, who are believers in Christ, the Holy Spirit will never, ever leave us, nor forsake us. So we see the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus in the form of a dove at his baptism. Matthew 3.16. You can see the Holy Spirit falling on the people of God at Pentecost, Acts 2. God empowering them to speak in other languages and to do all sorts of miraculous works. You see the Holy Spirit empowering people with spiritual gifts to live a supernatural life in a very natural world. And you see the Holy Spirit giving people the, the, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. When, when I was growing up, the name and concept of the Holy Spirit kind of just weirded me out. All right? I don't re really remember ever hearing an explanation, but the idea that a ghost was good kind of confused me. The only good ghost that I'd ever heard of was Casper the Friendly Ghost, and there was no thought in my head that Casper was real. God the Father? Sure, that makes sense. I've had a father. God the Son? Jesus? No problem. I've seen pictures of Jesus, 
You know, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Instagram Jesus picture, a tremendously inaccurate picture like so many other pictures on Instagram, but at least it's understandable. But the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, that seemed really weird and kind of ooh to me. I, I couldn't understand what was going on in churches that were all about the Holy Ghost, right? They were usually, in my mind, weird. That, be people with buns, men and women with buns, you know, with their hair up and tambourines. Tambourines everywhere and people speaking in weird languages and it all just seemed foreign to me. And it was something that I didn't understand. And I think that many people kind of felt the same way that I did and that's why we get the pendulum swings when it comes to the uh, emphasis on the Holy Spirit. That's either overemphasis or underemphasis. And we understand God the Father makes sense. And then there's God the Son. And then, then there's the other guy, right? The one that we don't talk about so much. Kind of like weird cousin Eddie that nobody talks about at family meals. John 14, 16. Here's Jesus as he's comforting his disciples and he's explaining that he was going to go away. But he was going to send someone that would be even better than him. Even better than him. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. And then verse 17, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Which is kind of where I was. I was skeptical. I didn't understand that whole Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost thing. I, I didn't I didn't know him, I couldn't see him, and therefore didn't know what to do with him. Maybe you're in the same boat. And Jesus goes on to say, but you know him, for he lives with you. He will be in you. And first of all, the Holy Spirit is not an it. Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as him, or he, the third person of God in the Trinity. And when Jesus says, I'm going to go away and send the Spirit to be with you, he calls him a counselor, which comes from the Greek word, parakletos. And that comes from two words, para, which means alongside of, like paralegal, to come alongside, help you with your legal matters, or parachurch, not a church, but to come alongside the church. And the second word, kletos, which comes from the Greek word, kaleo, which means, remember? Come on, who remembers this? I, can, I can't hear you. It means called. Kaleo means called. The parakletos, not the parakeet, okay? The Holy Spirit is, is the one who is who's alongside of or to be inside of the believer in Jesus. Who is the parakletos? This word can be translated as an intercessor. So the Holy Spirit is the one who intercedes or prays for you. He is also your counselor. The Holy Spirit is your advocate before God. He's your comforter. He's your helper. helper. They're parakletos. God in spirit form who was called alongside of you or inside of you to be your comforter, your counselor, to be your intercessor, to be your helper, to be your friend. It's an amazing promise. And he says it this way in John 16, 7. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Because unless I go away, the parakletos, the helper, the intercessor, the counselor, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, the advocate will not come to you. 
But if I go, I will send him to you. But when you look around today at Christians around the world, what you so often see is people who look no different from the rest of the world. They are still bound in prison to the same sins as other people. And you see Christians whose, whose prayer lives are basically flat. You see people who are afraid and struggling and gripped by fear, worry, and anxiety. We believe in Jesus, yet our lives lack any real power. Why is that? Because so many people today are living a spirit-less life. When God wants his children to live a spirit-filled, spirit-led, spirit-equipped life of victory to please God the Father. So in your life, the Holy Spirit will comfort you. The Holy Spirit is called your comforter, and he will comfort you when you are hurting. John 14, 16, the King James Version, so something a little different, but translates parakletos this way. Jesus says, I will pray to the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. This is the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. Even though you are hurting, you can sense his comfort. He can comfort you with the peace that goes beyond all human understanding. There is no evidence like the experience of someone who has experienced this. And then the Holy Spirit will counsel you he is your counselor or he is your guide. You, you, you don't know what to do. Uh, he can direct you. In John 16, 13, Jesus said, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in all truth. You don't know what to do. And so you just start praying. And the Holy Spirit can give you direction. The Holy Spirit can give you wisdom. He can give you discernment. He can give you promptings. He can give you nudgings. It's not walking by sight anymore. Now it's walking by faith that, that the Holy Spirit is with you and he's guiding you because he's your counselor. And then the Holy Spirit will convict you. John 16, 8. When the Spirit comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. You might very well be being convicted by the Spirit of God even today. There may be something in your life that's not as it should be, and all of a sudden you're feeling the sense of, oh, ugh, I shouldn't be doing that. I didn't mention it. I didn't talk anything about it. But sometimes you sense that conviction. Why? That's the presence of the Holy Spirit convicting you, not towards guilt, but towards freedom. And you can surrender to him, or you can fight him off. But let me warn you, don't fight him for too long, because your heart grows hard, to the gentle voice of God that would draw you to himself. God the Father loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, who lived a sinless life, died and rose again so that you could know him, be empowered by him through his Holy Spirit to live a life that would honor and please and glorify God. Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would do a work that goes beyond any words of explanation that I have. I ask that your Holy Spirit again would be present. And if you sense the Spirit of God nudging you, do not ignore him. You may be a believer in Jesus. You, you go to church, you know the churchy kind of stuff, but you look at your life and you say, I don't see spiritual power. I don't see victory, and I want a more spirit-filled life. So be bold. Ask him. If there's more of God, I want it. Is that you? Is that where you are? 
There are those of you who might even now be feeling the conviction of the Spirit of God, and you know what you need Him to do. You need all of Him. You need more of Him. Call on Him now. God, I thank You for the spiritual hunger of into one. And I pray, God, that You would fill us with Your Holy Spirit. I pray that in the weeks to come, as we continue to seek You, as we get to know You, that we would be, that we would be totally filled by Your Spirit that we would know your presence, God, that we would be more aware of your guidance and that we would respond to it. We would be aware of your comfort, that we would experience your promptings, God. I pray that we would not go through this life by our own power, but as struggling, but that we would know the supernatural power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Fill us, O oh God, with your Holy Spirit, that we could live a life that would bring a glory and honor to you. We believe, God, that you are doing that. And we thank you for how it will impact our lives even this week. Amen. So now we take the candle, blow it out, not because the Spirit is disappearing, but because He's preparing to go with you. Breathe them in.